It's time for episode 498 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, April 12th, 2023. Clockwise, four people, four tech topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, the Easter Bunny's favorite tech podcast. And you can't confirm that because the Easter Bunny's gone for at least a year. I am one of your hosts, Micah Sargent, and I am joined across the internet by my good pal and my dungeon buddy, because we play Dungeons and Dragons online for your enjoyment. It's Dan Morin. How you doing, Dan? I'm doing well, Micah. That, I guess, explains why I get a chocolate clock in my Easter basket every year. I was, I was wondering about that. It does make sense now that you think about it. Yeah, a chocolate clock, a little stopwatch in there. It was quite nice. Um, all right. Let's see who else we have on the show today. To my left, it is the community maestro at Relay FM. It's Kathy Campbell. Hi, Kathy. Hi, Micah. Switch on. <laughs> <laughs> Always be on brand, Kathy. To Always. my left, it is the 9 to 5 Mac Senior Editor and a man who knows a lot about space, amongst other things, Zach Hall. Welcome back, Zach. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm picturing Flava Flav and like a big chocolate <laughs> clock, so thank you for that. God, that sounds amazing and delicious. <laughs> like, you know Flav. what time it is. You know what time it is, and you've always got chocolate. That's like the best <laughs> Brilliant. ever. Oh, boy. Well, let us get uh, started today because we've got uh, four topics in 30 minutes. So I'll kick things off with mine. Once an app has been downloaded to your smartphone or your tablet, the question is, do you ever end up removing it? And under what set of circumstances are you led to remove an app from your phone or tablet in the event that you actually do choose to take one off? Kathy, we'll start with you. I only have 200 applications on my phone. So I'm guessing at some points I do go through and remove them, but I don't remember actually doing that. So I don't actually know the answer to this question, which is super great podcasting. (laughs) And I know everyone, this is going to be everyone's favorite episode But um, I can't wait to hear what everyone else's answers are. (laughs) (laughs) So I a few years back, I ended up turning on the feature that is offload unused applications uh, that iOS and iPad OS has, which is basically if you haven't used an app for a while, uh, it just removes it. Uh, And it's still like listed there. You can like tap on it and it will re-download it basically. But to save space, it just removes the application. And I've actually found this pretty good because there are a lot of apps that I basically install once, try, and then don't use again or use very infrequently. So, you know, sometimes you get bit, right? Like I'm like logging into like a, you know, an airline app or something and I haven't taken a flight on that airline in in a year and I have to re-download it. But like most of the time, even then, I just log back in and everything's fine. Um, So I find that a pretty actually beneficial way to clear room on my devices and also remove some clutter um it's become a lot harder with the app library because all that stuff is now out of sight out of mind too because i have most stuff hidden um but yeah other than that i would say i only really remove apps when i feel that i'm low on storage and i sort of scroll back through a list and find oh there's a game taking up two gigs that i played once (laughs) i should probably delete that (laughs) what about you zach whatever the opposite of a hoarder is i am that uh, I compulsively delete all things digital that I don't 100% need. 
it's to the point where I have to keep backups of backups of backups just to be sure I don't completely delete something that I'll need later. Um, and, and I'm working on that. But um, on my iPhone, I was, I was glad to hear that Kathy has 200-something apps because I checked uh, my iPhone yesterday and I had 51 applications, which I put wow. in. Uh, I, I noted feels high. <laughs> So, <laughs> I, I, I didn't audit. say, but I have 311. So I, yeah. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah, I kind of want to audit that 51 because I'm not really sure if that's accurate. But that's what settings say. Um, half that on my iPad, so around 24 or 25 iPad apps. Wow. Um, if anything, my Mac Mini is home for every app that I've ever bought or tried or might need one day, and it just seems like. The Mac Mini for me is like where things just go to sit and uh, <laughs> you know doesn't weigh down my pockets. I guess I don't know. I I do set a criteria on my phone though. It isn't just like delete willy nilly. Um, I think I think to myself like, do I have to have this app or could I you know do this task on my Mac and maybe not get sucked into my phone as much or um, you know anything to avoid like mindlessly looking at my phone. And then on my Apple TV, I, this this is a little bit different. I I install like every app I could ever possibly subscribe to, and and then you know I don't have to have the current subscription for it. But like if there's something on HBO Max and I want to subscribe for the next few months, I've already got the app installed. Same thing with Netflix and lots of other video apps that I uh, just have there in case I want to use them at some point. But I don't stay subscribed to everything. But I I do keep the Apple TV stocked up on kind of kind of the old Apple TV method where it just shows you what you possibly could access. There is one way that you can end up getting removed from my phone app. I'm not talking about you humans, you're fine. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> um, if you send me a notification uh, for a deal or a coupon or something like that, and you are an app that I would not expect to be sending those kinds of notifications, and even, even if you are an app that I would expect to be sending those kinds of notifications, if you choose to make that your first interaction with me is, oh, for the next week, you can save 25% off on any purchases of, of, of hard-boiled eggs, then I'm probably going to end up removing you from my phone. Ooh, I don't like <laughs> I don't like notifications um, that I have not like planned for and that are just getting in the way. So yeah, outside of that, I don't really delete apps from my phone. They just stay there. Um, I've, I've yet to run out of storage space. So it's all it all seems fine. All right, let's move on to our next topic, which comes from Kathy. Oh, all right. I have a very serious and important question. When you are done with your phone, and you're putting it down or on your desk, in your pocket, etc. How do you leave your device? Do you default and go to the home screen and then click the button to turn off the display? Do you leave it on whatever app is open and then let the screen dim after its time passes or some combination of the above? What is your phone device habit? Kathy, I don't, I don't understand this question. Put your phone down? I know, I know. <laughs> okay, okay. Like at the end of the day, uh-huh. maybe. Uh-huh. Not, no, no. Mm. fall asleep with it in your hand. <laughs> My hand yeah. hurts so much. Uh, no, um, for me, I think I just go the simple route. I just hit the sleep wake button. If I'm putting it away, I just click that button. I don't care what app I'm in. Um, you know, sometimes I may go back to the home screen, but it's not really like a like a you know habit um, so much than if I'm done with whatever whatever app. But usually, I'll just click it close whenever app I'm on, and I don't really worry too much about it. I guess I have noticed recently that sometimes I've pulled it out. I pulled it out of my pocket a couple times recently and noticed that it was still unlocked. And I was like, I don't know how this happens. I'm not sure if it's unlocking my pocket or I accidentally hit like the camera button sometimes when I'm like pulling it out. 
um, because of that always on display, uh, meaning that like sometimes you trigger things more without really noticing it, or at least that's what I've found in my experience. But yeah, most of the time I just, you know, turn it off or occasionally, I mean, I've, I've left it on my desk or something just unlocked and it goes to sleep after 30 seconds, I think. It's pretty short. So yeah, that's, it's maybe not very interesting, but that's what it is. I just, I, there's a button for that purpose. So I use that button. <laughs> Zach, what about you? I found this question unsettling. Think about <laughs> so nice to meet you. Are you sure you like a, a complaint? <laughs> HR, yeah. Uh, no, this question hurts because it's not something I think about and thinking about it is hard. Um, I, I, I think I have my phone screen. It's like asking, you know, what did you have for breakfast last week? I don't know. Uh, I think that I have my phone screen turn off after 30 seconds if it's if it's sitting on a table or something. Um, and if I'm looking at it, you know, with face ID, attention detection, it just stays on as long as I'm using it. Um, so I think that's what I do for that. Uh, I often click the sleep bike button um, as, as like a physical I'm done action before I put it in my pocket. I definitely don't intentionally back out of whatever app I'm in uh, or go back to the home screen, at least I think. Uh, and, and if my <laughs> phone does turn off with an app on screen, chances are I'll tap a notification on the lock screen or open the camera. And I won't see the app that I left open. I did have to, to try without looking what app that I last leave on my phone or am I on the home screen? And I, I just checked and I swiped up a little bit from the lock screen and there was messages. So so I guess in messages in, in the conversation view, uh, I, I put my phone face down or I used the sleep wake button and got out of it that way. Uh, but that's that's my answer as far as I know. I swipe up from the bottom to go to the home screen before I lock it in almost every case. The only time where I would leave an app running is if someone has, you know, asked me a question or has something has gotten my attention and then I just leave it on the screen that it was. But yeah, I, uh, I love this question. And so I did check, um, once when I first read it this morning, I went over to my phone and then sort of uh, swiped up to see where my uh, screen was and it was on my home screen. And then uh, as you asked this question, I once again, went down to my phone, looked again, and I was on my home screen. And I know that right before that I was using an app before I had locked my phone. So yeah, I uh, apparently it is my muscle memory to just swipe to get back to the home screen. Although I'm not a force quitter person. It's just back to the home screen. Screen, so everything's fresh and new, uh, mostly because I use Spotlight to find the app that I want to launch in the first place. So it's easier to get to that if I'm on the home screen. Uh, Kathy, reveal your secrets. <laughs> I am just like you, Micah. I had this thought when my, I saw my mom being a monster <laughs> and just like left it running and left it on and then would put it in her pocket or her purse with the screen's still on <laughs> and I'm just like, Oh my gosh, I can't, I can't even. Um, and so I always go to the home screen and then I always click, uh, the sleep wake button because I also have like the longest time frame before it automatically closes with the exception of like never, whatever the <laughs> option is before never, because I always just click the sleep wake button and it goes to sleep. And uh, so thank you for sharing such an intimate moment with us. 
Alrighty, folks, with that, we have reached halftime, which means it's time to tell you about our sponsor this week. It's ZocDoc. Uh, if you've ever stewed over a health problem you have, you know the temptation to text a pal or even the whole group chat to get your friends' opinions. You're extremely unlikely, unless you're, you know, friends with all doctors, which uh, I would like to meet your friends, uh, to find quality medical advice in your group chat. But you can find it from a doctor on ZocDoc. Thousands of Medical professionals on ZocDoc are there to help you. They listen like a friend and give you the expert care you need. See, ZocDoc is the only free app that lets you find and book doctors who are one, patient reviewed, two, take your insurance, three, are available when you need them, and four, treat almost every condition under the sun. ZocDoc is an excellent option for folks who, uh, especially in, in areas where um, you have more of an, I guess, an open market would be the way to put it, of, uh, of, of options for doctors. The It's great to have multiple choices, but with multiple choices means having sort of that paralysis of choice. Who do I go to? Who accepts my insurance? Who is is a great doctor to have? And so being able to use this system to kind of narrow things down and also see what other patients have said about the doctor, all so great. Surprise twists might work for uh, podcasts. They don't often happen on this show, but uh, you know, you may have those, those story-based shows where there are all those surprise twists, but you don't want that when it comes to medical care. With ZocDoc, there are no alarms, no surprises. You just choose from thousands of patient-reviewed doctors and specialists. You browse doctor profiles, upload and verify your insurance information, and then get the care you need. It's simple. So go to ZocDoc.com slash clockwise and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash clockwise. ZocDoc.com slash clockwise. And our thanks to ZocDoc for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. Alrighty, we are back from halftime, and that means it's time for Dan's Topic. I feel like this is maybe thematically connected in some ways to Micah's topic, but let's <laughs> let's roll with it. Uh, when you move to a new computer, you know, you get a new Mac or something, do you migrate your existing data? Do you do like a full, like a super duper or carbon copy cloner clone and, and just like, hey, it's the same exact computer? Uh, do you start fresh? Do you do some other weird combination of things? <laughs> I am asking for a friend who is me. Zach, take it away. All right, I started using the Mac in 2008, and so that was a, a clean installation, of course. And <laughs> since then, I think I've maybe migrated like once out of probably a dozen computer changes, and I'm probably lowballing that over the last at least decade. Uh, I think that one time was because I had a lot of local files on the old Mac and enough storage on the new Mac. A lot of times I'll go from you know something with uh it's mostly just cloud stuff and and then on the new one you know it just it just kind of appears there whenever i i log into everything um i do always tell myself that when i set up a new mac like this will be the one this is the one that i'm going to use going forward this will be the the configuration that i live with the future upgrades but my track record is not strong on that um i am much more likely to migrate data on an iphone i think icloud helps a lot with that for some reason mm-hmm. um on on macs i tend to you know like i mentioned have a lot of cloud data um, or even have a lot of files attached on an attached external hard drive. So in that case, it's just a matter of unplugging the drive and from one computer into the other. 
Uh, and I have gotten really good at like I can set up a new Mac from scratch and go to all my preferences and install all the apps I need pretty quickly because I've done it enough times. Um, and and I, I do think I like the appeal of having all my preferences and apps already set up, but I also like the appeal of a truly new computer when I'm when I'm opening one up for the first time. I'm definitely a new uh, computer user. I will completely uh, set things up fresh because I end up finding myself wanting to do that with a machine that I already have regularly. (laughs) Um, So I'll be, you know, just using it. And I'm like, you know what? I don't like how this one very small thing keeps happening. And I feel like if I just started fresh, it would take care of that one little thing. And so then I, I have to, con- I have to like tell myself, no, 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 no. We're just going to go with what we have, go with what we have, go with what we have. Please don't take the time to completely reformat everything and start over. It's not worth it. Um, so if I get a new machine, that's my opportunity absolutely to get to start fresh. And then I can get just the apps that I want, just the the systems that I want. I think the one area where I'm starting to feel like I would want to do uh, like a carbon copy clone or something like that instead is when it comes or using a, a time machine backup is when it comes to um, my homebrew stuff, because mm. uh, getting that set up exactly perfectly right and having python work as i want it to was a bit of a a spaghetti project and i don't (laughs) know exactly what is going on behind the scenes that makes it work as i wanted it to so yeah i may switch to not installing fresh going forward but we'll see kathy what about you It it depends on the device. My phone, I pretty much always transition over. Um, Authenticator and stuff works if you just transition, like do the whatever magic buttons to uh, send over. And I do that with my main desktop Mac, too, just because there's so much on there on everything that I just I don't have the time, effort, energy to set it up blank. However. My laptops, because it very rarely has files that live there, we're good to go to do it from fresh. So I get the the vibes of a brand new machine and starting fresh and blank with my laptop, and then everything else looks exactly the same. Wow, this is an interesting assortment of things. And I found that this is very sort of divisive. I, I made a poll on Mastodon, and it came back... 63% in favor of setting up fresh, 29% in favor of migrating, and then 8% took my stupid joke answer. Uh, but I also had to laugh because I had at least one point where I had back-to-back replies from people, two different people, totally unconnected, with the same computer. Oh, I, I migrated from a 2018 Mac Mini. It worked fine. Oh, I got I went from oh, a 2018 yep. Mac Mini and set up fresh. And I was like, well, this this... Proves nothing. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm struggling with this one because I, you know, the the I'm using a Mac Mini right now. That's a uh, Apple review unit, and I've got to move to my own Mac Mini, and it came from a uh, migration from an old iMac um, that died last year, which itself came from a migration from like an older iMac. So like I got like more than a decade worth of files and stuff, and stuff gets wonky. That's the problem. Stuff to, like Micah to Micah's point, something just doesn't work right, or something seems weird, and that's the temptation to be like nuke it, you know, <laughs> nuke it from orbit. It's the only way to be sure. Um, so I'm super tempted, but at the same time, I do have that same hesitancy of like, oh god, it's gonna take me like 
two weeks to like get everything set up just the way I like it. And maybe it would just be faster if I migrated from, you know, the, the device I already have that's already set up the way I like it. And I don't know. Inside me, there are two wolves and they're fighting about Mac setups. <laughs> uh, but thank you all for that, even if it doesn't help me make my decision any easier. Uh, let's go to our fourth topic, which comes from Zach. I think we're all pretty tech obsessed here. I think technology probably plays a, a, a larger than average role in our lives and for um, people with different careers. Um, so what steps do you or maybe should you take to avoid feeling like there's just complete tech overload in your life, um, sort of to, to keep the joy of technology and not um, feel burdened by it? Um, and, or do you care about balancing time in your digital life with time in the analog world? And if so, what offline tasks do you prefer the most? I think finding a hobby is a really great way to to find that balance. Um, and when I say a hobby, I do, in this case, mean a non-tech hobby. So um, for me, that has been uh, crocheting and knitting, um, which I learned during the Panini, um, which for folks who don't know is the thing that they call the pandemic. Uh, so I think that started on TikTok to get past filters. But um, anyway, I love those those sort of skills and the artistic expression I get to do with those and then also making other people happy whenever I'm able to give them as gifts to people. Uh, so just there's a lot of wholesome fun that comes from that. And it is a great way to disconnect. Uh, and then another way is, I don't know, I don't think this is something you can force, but I sort of have just pulled away from a lot of it anyway. I, I don't find myself scrolling as much and looking through things. And um, I don't know, that just comes in waves. So uh, sometimes I feel like it needs to be an active front of mind choice. And then sometimes I think it's about uh, not forcing things and just letting be what will be, as they say. Kathy, what are your thoughts? I think because I, as discussed on this show many times, I am not a tinkerer. So I go into my devices to do what I need to do on it and then tend to leave it alone. Like Micah, I've actually been scrolling a lot less lately too. I will go in occasionally for things that I want to remember to post on Instagram or uh, if I want to share something on TikTok, but I'm not really doing a lot of scrolling. Uh, something else I do is I do morning journaling on paper with a pen. And I also do uh, an analog bullet journal. Um, and that kind of helps separate out the different pieces of my digital life that bring in, you know, my to-do lists and reminders and and all of that into a central location that is physical. And so I don't necessarily have as much of a tech overload um, because I try not to get to that point that I get overwhelmed and just unhappy. Uh, but I'm not 100% great at it. And there's definitely some times that I could use a little reminder in my head. Um, and today is one of those days. So thank you, Zach. Yeah, I think I struggle with the fact that I don't most of my hobbies got turned into work. Uh, so that's always a challenging thing. And most of them were technology related in one way or another. Um, for me, I think some of this is sort of a natural decompression. Like I get just tired if I spend too long staring at a screen and I feel the need to go out and do stuff. Um, for me, one of the big things that's helped me with that is 
I go for walks every day. It's good exercise and I like to get outside. Otherwise, I will stay in my house all day. So as long as it's not like really terrible weather out there, I will at least go for a 30 or 40 minute walk. Um, yes, sometimes I listen to music or podcasts with my AirPods, but I'm not staring at a screen. So I count it as a win. Um, and then for me, I think just a big part of it is social socializing. Like I have lots of friends online and it's great to talk to them, but I also crave that human contact. And so I try to make plans to uh, see people and, you know, interact with them without a sort of technological abstraction layer between us. And that helps a lot. Uh, and then we have some, you know, minor house rules, things like, you know, when we're eating dinner uh, at our table or whatever, like we have no no phones, right? Like, so that's that also helps just sort of separate things out a little bit. Say like, this is a carve out for like, this is a no phone time. Um, so all of those things are very helpful. And I think also just in part, I've grown tired of a lot of the same things like Mike. I don't, I don't find myself scrolling as much, especially now that I don't spend as much time on Twitter. Um I have sort of dialed back, I think, on a lot of the, you know, uh, technological sinkholes that you can easily fall into, um, which is not to say I don't use my devices a lot. I still do, but I try not to let them rule my life. Zach, why don't you wrap this up for us? Sure. One one thing I like to do is is every uh, first week in April, take a week off from work. And it's sort of not a time when other people are, are off and not a holiday where I'm obligated to, you know, go somewhere and do something. And I try to be as offline as possible during that week. And also, also, I've noticed that I don't feel as, as sort of flustered or so when I'm doing something on the computer, on the Mac, that doesn't require the internet exactly. Like if I'm lately gotten really big into writing text files with, with text edit and just lots and lots of notes and like sort of like di- diary, diary entries, but also just like, you know, memories and things like that. And I feel like, you know, I, I don't actually turn off the Wi-Fi or anything, but those kind of things feel more analog even though it's on the mac than if i were writing you know on online you know whether it's twitter or mastodon or you know in wordpress or something so that's that's been something for me um i also have a small dog uh that i got earlier this year her name is nova i think dan read a a book about her i did that's right (laughs) (laughs) Uh uh-huh and uh i i take uh, her on walks every morning and every evening um, usually it's, it's, it's 100% for her and not me, but then I feel better afterwards. And I've been doing that without playing music or podcast without headphones. Um, at most I'll, I'll, you know, I'll have my phone with me because I like taking pictures out in nature and everything, but I'll play a baseball game, you know, the radio stream from my phone in my pocket. And that feels, you know, like I'm pretty, pretty connected to the world still. And then, you know, like I mentioned, not really big into like using a lot of iPhone apps. I try to do most of what I do on the Mac, including like social media I totally will get lost in social media, you know, sort of during work hours when I'm on my Mac and it feels like a nice relief from, you know, the work aspect of everything. But um, on my phone, I try not to do that. If I do, I go to the web, which, you know, is just less addictive. Last thing for me really is a feeling I really like a lot is not knowing what time it is, but then having an alarm set for when I need to do the next thing. Mm -hmm. and. All last week, I just didn't know what time it was for every single day. It was so nice. My, my kid was away. It was just really wonderful. Um, and so I'm, I'm trying to find day, you know, time in the day where I can not know what time it is and just do what, I, what I'm doing. And, and it's been pretty good. Like I've got the uh, analog clock on the Mac, so I can't just look at it and, and easily tell what time it is because it's so small and uh, not detailed. Um, and I've, I found that sometimes it does mean I spend more time on my Mac. Like I'm, I'm writing for, you know, maybe – way longer than I wanted to or, or planned to or like my work hours are. 
but it feels like it's, it's time well spent because I'm not um, doing it because of the clock. And, uh, you know, I just sort of rely on alarms and calendar event notifications and that sort of thing. And that feels really good. All right. Um, we have just enough time for a bonus topic. So let's get there. As a child, what did you want to be when you grew up? Kathy, we'll start with you. I was obsessed with being a Disney animator. The amount of Little Mermaid drawings that I had was immense. Um, and then I went to college and realized how difficult it was and how competitive this was also at the height of the graphic, like the digital computer based like flux. And I didn't want to do that. And so I transitioned to other parts of the world. Um, at the risk of sounding uh, <laughs> smug with myself, uh, I actually always envisioned that I would basically end up being a teacher and a writer. Uh, and I got at least half of that, but I think that's probably because I didn't know podcaster would be an option. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for me, I wanted to be what I saw on TV, which was a meteorologist. And then it kind of went on to news anchor like Dan Rather. And then it went to just journalism in general. And, and I really wanted to be in the newspaper at some point. And, um, you know, 10 years ago, 9 to 5 Mac became my, my job for every day. And yeah, I, I think I'm doing what I at least wanted to do in my teenage years. And it feels good. Yeah. Um, I wanted to be a pediatric surgeon. And I am now. So I am <laughs> now. Great. Congratulations. Uh, I did not end up doing that uh, very clearly later on in life. That's when I realized mm. that um, I was going to go into something to do with journalism. But yes, as a kid, I thought, I want to be a pediatric surgeon. All right, folks, if you'd like to get ad-free episodes with an extra overtime topic every week, well, you can by becoming a member of Clockwise. Just go to relay.fm slash clockwise and sign up for $5 a month or $50 a year. When you do, you'll support the show. With that, we have reached the end of this episode of Clockwise. All that's left is to thank our fantastic guests. Kathy Campbell, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Switch off. <laughs> and Zach Hall, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. I, I, I think I, need to, uh, I apologize for saying I don't want to know what time it is on the Clockwise podcast. <laughs> I know. Keep watching the clock, Zach. <laughs> well, we will, be, we will be back next week. But Micah, until then, we remind everybody listening out there, watch what you say. And keep watching the clock. Bye, everybody. Bye.